On this gray, dreary evening, I have an equally gray, dreary request. I want you to think for a moment about what for you is your most painful memory. What is it that you carry around inside of you that is really the heaviest memory on your heart? Maybe it's because of a choice that you made. Maybe it's because of something that happened to you. Maybe it's something in a relationship, something you carry about yourself, a memory that you just assume keep buried far away. But what is it for you that is the heaviest memory that you carry with you day in and day out? We're about midway, maybe not quite, through this Lenten season. Do you remember how it began? Every Lent begins with the very same words on Ash Wednesday. The church gives us that same reading from Joel. And it begins like this, Come back to me with all your heart. Remember that one? That's how every Lent all over the Catholic world begins. Come back to me with all your heart. I want you to imagine that Father Trout comes along sometime this week and he says, we're going to do a State of St. Joe's address. How do you think you're doing as a parish with Lent? If you began by listening to this call, come back to me with all your heart, how far along on that journey are you? Halfway, almost there, not even barely beginning? How far along are you coming back to the Lord? with all your heart. The reason I put those two things in front of you side by side is that I'd like to suggest if there's anything getting in the way of your taking up Jesus' command, God's plea, if you like, come back to me with all your heart. If something is causing some stumbling or slogging along the way, I guarantee you in some way it's tied to that painful memory that you carry. In some way, it's tied to that thing that perhaps needs still to be healed. If it already had been healed, then it might be a little bit poignant, but it wouldn't be causing you still pain and a heaviness that holds you back. If it's that kind of memory, then it's still in the way. And it's in the way of your or my ever going back to the Lord, let alone with our whole heart. What is it that converts, if I can use that word, the Samaritan woman at the well? There's so much richness in that gospel. There's all kinds of theology. I don't know if Lasco, our seminarian, is here. He'll write papers and papers about the theology of the woman at the well. But what is it that converts her, right? If we just set aside all that rich, rich depth about who Jesus is and what his mission is, what is it that she says? She says, he told me everything I had ever done. What converts her is that Jesus seemingly knew her to the core. And of course, in the rather lengthy reading that we have, the only indication that we're given that Jesus does tell her everything she's ever done is that he invites her back into what must have been for her a somewhat heavy memory the memory of her own past, the memory of her relationships. And probably just in that simple little exchange, 
there must have been a whole lot more than simply a question of, well, how many husbands did you have? A whole adult lifehood, perhaps, is opened up. And why does Jesus take her there? Not to humiliate her, not to catch her out in a lie, but in some way to let her know that he's going with her into the midst of what is probably a heavy, if not very painful, memory. If she's ever going to go to Jesus with all her heart, he's saying to her, you're going to have to let me go with you there into the midst of what perhaps has drawn you out to this well in an uncomfortable moment, at an unpleasant time, being engaged with by someone you wouldn't otherwise have spent any time with. And this is often the case of the Lenten journey. It's a journey to go back, not in spite of those heavy memories. God isn't calling us back to Him with all our heart, in spite of the memories, to skirt around the edges of them, but to somehow go right through the heart of them. And there's lots of reasons for not wanting to do that. It can be painful to do that. It can be painful to look at whatever your version of go call your husband. I don't have a husband. Yeah, you've had five of them. What's your version of that? Will you just as soon say to Jesus, you know, I, I don't need to look at that right now. I'm doing okay. That was bad, but we've gotten over that one. We've moved on. And almost like a laser beam. The love of Christ is saying, no, I want you to go right there to the core. I want you to let me be with you right there in the midst of it. Maybe for some of us here, that memory is part of a relationship or a marriage. Maybe for some of us here, that memory is part of our role as parents or children. Maybe for some of us, it's the role of how we followed out certain ambitions we had in our youth. And maybe it didn't quite pan out the way that we thought they would. And somehow that's just always been there, unhealed, maybe some resentment or bitterness. Maybe we were the victims of some really bad, hurtful choices. And we've carried those around. And when we've heard all the beautiful language, peace be with you, the Lord loves you, you are my beloved son or daughter, there's always been this part of us that said, not me. Not now. Even though we went through all the motions and we could talk about all the things we appreciate about our faith, maybe there's been a part of us that said, like maybe the woman at the well wanted to say to Jesus, just leave me alone. But if she didn't say that, and of course she didn't, then somehow she trusted. Somehow she felt loved, even with the penetrating question. Somehow she felt trusted, even when the half-truth of her words were being exposed. Somehow she felt that she could be with this man. But it's so important that we recognize the only thing she says as to why she's convinced that this man is someone remarkable. The only thing she offers is that he knew me. He knew everything I ever did, she tells the townspeople. That's all the convincing that she needed. And it's not because Jesus worked some sort of magical miracle and read her mind, but it's that she felt accompanied right into the heart of the heaviness of the history and the memory that she carried with her. 
So just an invitation if your answer to how far have you come along in going back to the Lord with all your heart. If your answer to that is, you know, not all that far. I've had this thing I've been aware of and yet another Lent is coming along and don't seem to be doing so well. I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm giving alms. But that thing is still sitting there like a lump in my heart. Then maybe just to focus there, to let yourself be engaged by that piercing eye and question of Jesus. That happens through prayer, that happens through good conversation. What a beautiful thing to bring into the sacrament of reconciliation. Not simply as, Lord, I've got this sin and I want to be forgiven for it, but rather I want to engage you in relationship. Maybe for you, the next time you walk into the confessional, that's your Jacob's well. And he's going to be there, not to catch you out in a painful history, but simply to say, I trust you enough to be able to share with you that I know you. There's only one way back to the heart of Jesus. If we want to go back with all our heart into his heart, we have to go through some of those painful memories. There's no other way, but it can be one of the sweetest journeys you or I will ever undertake, but only if we let him go with us.